just introduce you to the people that already don't know this man. I mean, he, used, he, he looks super young, which he actually is, you know, but this man is just all over the place and you definitely need to go and check him out. His name is Evan Holiday. And am I pronouncing that right? Holiday? Uh, yes. He's the founder and host of Monumental, a top-rated podcast where he interviews leaders, entrepreneurs, and visionaries making a massive change in the world, which he does. I mean, it's crazy, man. I really love it. <laughs> Today, Evan leads a team at LDG Development that has completed over $176 million in new construction development of mixed-income housing and mixed-use communities, creating a total of 1,092 units. Man. Love it. Thanks being on the show today, Evan. Yes. Thank you for having me, Martinez. No worries. Thanks. Appreciate it. So can you just tell the story about yourself for the people that's going to be the new ones, you know, joining you and, and like, who's Evan? So can you just tell those people the story? Because I know that from a young age, you were drawing kind of a floor plans and rendering buildings. <laughs> so like, who was the influence from you know on, on you from your young age so and maybe can you tell the story how you came across real estate yeah honestly uh it it started off at a young age i i was drawing floor plans as a little kid i was i wanted to be an architect and i had an injury a pretty severe injury on my knee from soccer and from that injury i was like man i want to be a doctor and so i went all you know started out college doing the pre-med route and found out very quickly that I hate science and chemistry, which doesn't really work out well if I want to be a doctor. Yeah. So immediately started to think, I was like, okay, well, what are, what are my other options? And I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I saw that there was this humongous $55 million mixed use development going in on campus. I went to University of Louisville in Kentucky and on campus, the, this developer was doing like 380 units, um, you know, 15 different retail spots with restaurants and, and a bank and uh, stores and um, ice cream shop and all that going in right on the first floor. I was like, I was like, damn, that is what I need to be doing. And that's, that's what I enjoy. And I, I didn't know what it was about it. But I was like, man, I, I just want to make something big happen like that. And so I reached out to the owner and, and eventually worked my way in there to convincing him to give me a job. He ended up, he, he was like, well, I'm not going to give you a job, but you know, if you, if you bring some people out to the groundbreaking, I'd love to have you on. And, and so we were talking and I ended up getting a few hundred people out to the groundbreaking. And from that, it was like, I, I basically just learned soup to nuts, you know, the whole business from front end to back end, what it's like to develop, what it's like to lease up, what it's like to work with retail management, um, what it's like to uh, work with tax credits. We did some uh, new market tax credits on that development. And so it, it just taught me so much about it. And I was hooked after that. I was like, all right, this is me. This is exactly like what I need to be doing. So from there, uh, me and four others, we started a modular development company in college. And we actually used the same layout as a houseboat, which is kind of that rectangular shape. And we used houseboat manufacturing plants. There's a, like a mecca of houseboat manufacturing plants in Kentucky. And they laid off a bunch of workers, 1,100 skilled workers. Uh, with the housing market crash in 2008 in the U.S., um, they, they laid off 1,100 workers. We're like, well, how can we put those same people back to work, use the same facilities that are currently sitting empty, and create modular housing that can be more energy efficient and quicker to market? 
And so we took that, we took that model uh, we built some, a few single family um, test products and, and really honed in on it. And we're like, well, we could, we could go bigger and go faster if we could do multifamily and do, um, do scale with multifamily. And so that's when we were looking for partners with, with equity, um, with experience, with know-how, with, you know, that knew how to get multi, big multifamily developments done. And that's when uh, talked to LDG Development and they're like, well, how about you come partner with us? And so I've been working with LDG Development for the last six years and have been able to really just hone in on uh, workforce, affordable, mixed income, public-private partnership developments, where what we're doing is we're going into communities and we're finding out, and this was part of our modular um, company as well, so that's where the connection was made, is we're going into these communities where, you know, these cities are growing like crazy, like Nashville. Um, you know, cities across the country are growing like crazy, but yet all the developers are coming in and building luxury housing and are forgetting about the middle income and the lower income residents and the people that are the workforce behind this booming economy. And so we came in and we're like, well, we can help these cities fill a need and fix a problem that they have. And they, they're starting to realize it's becoming a bigger and bigger problem. So we're utilizing tax credits. We're using, utilizing tax abatements, partnering with cities and states to create um, more affordable and attainable housing for these workforce families. So that's, that's really what we do. We do 200 plus unit developments, um, do them in, in urban areas. And uh, to date we've done over a thousand units and doing, we're going to close a few more next week and keep on rolling. Man, that's, that's beautiful. I mean, you know, like before the interview and the man, if, if you do like somebody's guess how old is, is this man right here, just <laughs> guess in the comments, you know, like, it's unbelievable like what what you achieved but probably you just came across like i don't know like i'm trying to figure figure this out because there, there's a lot of people watching right now and thinking like man like i want to get involved in the real estate right but they, they you know like you just kind of knew like this is the place that is exactly for you, you just came across this building and like like it's huge like i want to be part of something huge right so like but what would be somebody's baby steps you know, like yourself, you, as you said, you, we, we, you know, what would be the baby step for somebody who want to be in real estate? So what would be the process in there? Yeah, honestly, I've gotten that question quite a bit. And, and I think the, the, the two things that I, I try to convey to people that are getting started or wanting to get started in real estate. Um, one is, is find people, find mentors, find people that are already doing what you want to be doing. Like that's what happened when I was in college. I, I, you know, at first I found the development, but then I found the individual who was doing the development. And I said, okay, that guy is doing what I want to be doing. And so I looked at, you know, first you find the person and then you find out how you can add tremendous value to them. So that's what I did with the groundbreaking. And, and honestly, like, you know, I, I leave out a lot of the behind the scenes of the story. Yep. Um, but, but really that's where the meat is for somebody that's just getting started. And what, what happened is, you know, it wasn't like, he's like, yeah, just bring some people out to the groundbreaking. It's like, no, I had to call him once a week for, you know, sometimes two or three times a week for months before, because it's, he didn't just break ground. You know, there's a lot of pre-development work that goes into this, but I knew it was coming because there was a big announcement for it. So I was like, well, 
you know, I'm going to work every angle I can. I talked to, um, you know, an alumni from our fraternity who happened to have a relationship to him. So he got me connected to him. So I got his number through him. And so I used my relationships. And, and then from there, um, I literally called him like weekly, just like pestering him until he would finally just talk to me. And, and then eventually I said, what can I do to help? That's what I started off with. And he said, he's like, well, how about you get some people out to the groundbreaking? And I met with one of his top managers. We talked through and I'm like, okay, well, let's make this happen. Let's go big. And so I got some buddies to help pass out flyers on campus and ended up getting all these people to come out. And, you know, we had pizza and everything and that helped drive people over there. So we got a few hundred people. And then that's when he's like, oh, this guy's really committed. Like, he doesn't even know what he's committing to, but he's going all in. And so I think it, that's part of the story of like, if you're ever getting started, it's, it's finding people that are where, exactly where you want to be. Um, because I think that's another thing too, is people get sidetracked. They're like, well, that person's kind of doing what I want to do. Like, no, find somebody that's doing exactly what you want to be doing um, or, or somewhere right near there. Um, yeah. And, and, go after them and, and try to add value in any possible way you can and have that mentality of like, Hey, I'm going to give, 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 and then eventually come back to me and, and be like relentless about it, like persistent, defiantly committed and knowing that, um, you know, if you give to them, then in some way it will return itself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely agree with you on that one, you know, because Commitment definitely because there's, you know, again, a lot of people, some, you know, like I've, I've been like that myself, you know, and I think a lot of people can relate. Like you try it, you start one thing, you try it for a little bit. I mean, it doesn't work and you just quit. You quit, you quit on one thing, you start another one, you quit on, on a second one, you start a third one. And that's, yeah, and that's how people end up like with zero results. Because what Evan is saying is basically simply if, you know, just get creative. First of all, like find out that real estate is definitely what you want to do. So we won't dabble like, oh, maybe I'll do some real estate trading and all that, you know, right. like real estate and then committing and, and getting creative because that's exactly what your story is. I mean, you got creative and like, man, I need to figure this thing out, which is, which is a great like story. So thanks for sharing for that. So can you tell people uh, a little bit more how they can acquire or build properties for, for those who want to develop and what will be the most important things to for, for them to, so they will need to know and, you know, to avoid mistakes in that process. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny. I recently just this week posted on my podcast monumental about um, an episode with Adam Adams. And he yeah. touched on something that I think is, is highly, um, you know, highly talked about, but people need to, to really internalize it and take action on the fact that it, especially when you're getting started, you need partners like it's you can go this alone in multifamily real estate investing or or multifamily development you can go this alone but you absolutely need partners if you want to grow more quickly and go further faster definitely and, and i think that's that's a big thing where people talk about they're like oh well yeah we need a partner it's like well be be conscious about who you're partnering with and why you're partnering with them and be proactive about it um, and I think that's something like with, with me partnering with LDG, it's the same mindset of like, okay, well, these guys have combined hundred years, you know, the principals have a hundred years of experience and, 
you know, they're, they know development backwards and forwards. They've been through the ups, they've been through the downs. Um, you know, they've done hundreds of millions of dollars of deals now billions of dollars of deals. And that those are people I want to be learning from. And I want to be partnering with on deals because that is where, you know, they are going to bring so much value to the relationship. And it's almost like in any, in any deal, you know, you look at, well, would I rather have a hundred percent of nothing or would I have just a small little percentage of, of, you know, something of, of, of a hundred unit deal, a 200 unit deal, whatever it is, is think about it. Like you are, you are gaining so much just by them being a part of your partnership that they're going to help you understand it, understand how to close it, understand how to source new deals. They're going to teach you so much. So they're going to bring the majority of the value on the front end. But as you learn, you'll be able to get more, a bigger piece of the pie, more ownership. And from there, eventually get to a point where you're comfortable either doing this on your own or flipping it around and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm now looking for partners who can bring value to me and I can bring value to them by teaching them the things that I'm learning in multifamily investing. So I think, I think that's the biggest way, um, whether it's development, whether it's acquisition, you know, figure out what your criteria is, where you want to be, where you want to go, be proactive about it and find people that are doing what you want to do and, and add value to them. And, and, kind of what we were talking about before with the groundbreaking and, you know, the, the owner back in college, it's the same thing of add value to them and partner with people. Oh, and bring them into your deals yeah. because they'll bring a whole lot of value to your deals. Yeah. Yeah. Adam, Adam is definitely right. And at, like, I know Adam, he's like super known, like he has a huge track record in, in multifamily space. So he knows what he's talking about. And if, if he mentioned that and exactly what you're saying right now, like, partnering with people because a lot of people still trying to make sense like i'm gonna buy the four unit deal i'm gonna live in one of the units i'm gonna save you know like you know if that's the game that you're looking to play i mean it's awesome but you know don't talk about creating wealth and buying four units i mean you you definitely need partners with the experience with a track record that will show you uh how the deals are done you know in and out so definitely like partner with the right people is a must so can we talk about, you know, throughout your experience, through all these years, uh, so far, like the best and the worst deal that you made and like, <laughs> what did you learn from that? Yeah. So, um, that's interesting. I mean, the, the best deal we'll go with, um, we'll go with the one that we closed in Nashville uh, a few years ago. So that was the very first, uh, the very first deal in the city of Nashville that had a tax abatement for workforce housing. So we actually had to, <clears throat> going through this project, um, we had all of our funding lined up, and eventually, at one point, our attorneys, um, at the time, I did not live in Nashville, and our attorneys were saying, "Well, have you looked at your real estate taxes? They seem a bit low," and we were just going off the appraisal. And based on those high real estate taxes, it completely wiped out our, all of our underwriting and completely killed the deal. So we went back to the city and we said, you know, to the mayor's office, to the housing authority, and we said, you guys really want this affordable housing. How can we get this done? And that's when we came up with the idea of doing what other cities are starting to do, which is creating a pilot or payment in lieu of tax, which is like a tax abatement. 
So we, we can pay significantly lower taxes and that allows us to borrow more money to help fund the development. And, but the only problem was there was some state legislation that stopped the city of Nashville from doing that at the local level. So they had to go all the way to the state to get some like little piece of legislation approved, um, which ultimately delayed our project almost two years because we had to wait for the legislative session to get back into session, which was a whole nother calendar year. So with all that being said, it ended up being one of our best deals because, um, because the market just kept getting hotter and hotter as we were waiting. And then on top of that, because of the tax abatement, we were able to create 240 units of workforce housing. And what is now, you know, by the time we closed and by, by the time we got it built, we just got it completed last year. Um, it's in, uh, in a very hot up and coming neighborhood that's just completely turned around over the last few years. Um, and partially because we've been able to bring some density to the neighborhood, which brings in that retail and different components. But that ended up being one of our best deals once we were able to get the pilot or the tax abatement in place. Um, and then on the, on the worst deal side, I will say worst deal that turned out to be a pretty good deal that we ended up getting closed. Uh, and I'll explain. And so we had, uh, when I first started, I put in this application for funding. You, in, in affordable workforce housing, you apply for funding for grants or for loans from the federal government, from the state government, different entities. And in that process, I applied and was awarded funding for two different projects, um, both for the same amount, both for similar size projects in Louisiana. And the interesting thing is one of them was uh, we closed on construction financing a, literally just a year after that award. And the other one, we literally just closed um, like six months ago. So the other one was closed and stabilized and leased up um, two years ago. And the other one just broke ground six months ago. So it, it's amazing to see the differences between the two. So the one that ended up getting delayed was because of many, many different issues. But we basically had like, we had title issues with the original land. So we had to move the project across the street. And then the councilman said he put an overlay district on the whole area and said no multifamily at all in this whole area, even though we were zoned for it. So then we had to move it again. And then there was a downturn in the economy. And then we had to put it on hold. And then out of nowhere, we, we literally were said, okay, well, this project's pretty much dead. And we've tried everything. You know, I've turned over every rock. I've, I've put in many, many countless hours, many, many trips down there um, and just could not make it work. And then finally, out of nowhere, this investor comes to us and says, hey, do you still have that 192-unit project in Lafayette, Louisiana? We said, well, it depends. You know, if you can make the numbers work, if you can give us the, the equity we need, then we can, really, we can really make this work. And so they said, yeah, we've, we don't care what the numbers are. We just need a project in that market. Uh, they need tax credits. Um, it's a requirement for banks to get tax credits in the markets they serve. So they said, we don't care the economics of the deal. We just want the tax credits. We said, well, let's do it. And within a matter of like two months, we got all the paperwork done. We got the due diligence done. Um, their investor committee signed off and we closed in a matter of two months and closed before year end. And so now we're building 192 units there that, you know, went from probably the worst deal to, to one of the better deals all, of, you know, four years. 
Yeah, yeah, okay. So, so actually, there is no worse deals. Like you see, Evan only Evan only does the good deals. <laughs> there is no there is no bad stories. No, that's no, perfect. I, that's perfect. There's definitely, yeah. Well, I just want to say there's definitely some some downs that yeah. go with the ups because I mean, there's times where I've been uh, nimbied out, which is not my backyard. Uh, I've had council members put overlay districts in multiple cities in New Orleans in Nashville, in Lafayette, Louisiana, um, you know, it's development is typically seen as a negative to communities too. So it's like you're, you're no matter what you're building, even if you're building the Taj Mahal, people are like, well, that's going to bring traffic and, you know, uh, you know, a bunch more people and, and safety concerns. And, you know, we don't have enough water to support that. Like it's just people just think of everything because they don't want anything new or they don't want things to change from the way they are. Exactly. So that's my, that's the hardest thing in my job is convince people that, um, you know, I'm, I'm selling a vision of the future that is going to be better with, with our new addition to the community and really trying to treat it as like, Hey, you know, you guys are the ones that are going to be living here. And I really want you guys to feel like you own this. And, you know, this really doesn't get done without their support. So it's really getting community buy-in. So that ultimately is, that is, quote unquote, like our worst deals are the ones where we can't get community buy-in, we can't get council member buy-in, because that's where we end up not being able to develop. Yeah, okay. I get it. I get it. Okay, thanks for sharing, for, you know, your, your stories in real estate. <laughs> so can you just talk about that? I mean, do you purchase already built prop properties? Do you acquire them or are you just build? uh you know your own we we do purchase uh we do okay. do acquisitions as well okay uh, but it's it's mainly like it's 80 20 develop and acquisition okay so can, can you just talk about underwriting process i mean any any um any advice on that for people who are looking to purchase you know properties i mean what what what, what ways basically to do underwriting process yeah i mean I would say the, the biggest things are to be conservative unless you know some competitive advantage or you know something that everybody else does not. Um, and, I, and I would say that when you're looking, especially for acquisition deals, um, look for ways that you can have that competitive advantage because that's where you're going to end up winning more deals um, because it is very competitive right now for acquisition deals. Um, but I, I think that's where you find um, the best opportunity is where either you know the owner or you have a direct relationship with the owner or you know about the area better than anybody else. You know, it, it's your backyard or um, you know about the other property across the street that's going to come up, that's mm -hmm. going to come for sale in the next few months. And there's economies of scale by combining the two properties. There's just certain things like that where you should really look at any project and say, well, what does everybody else know about this project? And then look at, well, what do I know that's different or unique or more information than anybody else would, would typically know about this project? Because I find that that's where, that's where the opportunity lies um, in any deal. Like for example, there's, there's one where, um, you know, it's off market and there is a potential development opportunity behind there. Well, most guys that are doing acquisition can't necessarily or, or aren't as interested in the development portion. But if it's in a good enough area, 
then you basically are signing yourself up for two, for two deals in one. And if you can make it work with just the acquisition, then you're basically getting land, free and clear land that you can end up developing and, and be able to do a whole nother development on. So I think there's, you know, unique ways where if you can, if you can look at it from how, what competitive advantage do you have? I think you'll, you'll get a lot further faster. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you. Especially like if we're talking for acquisitions, I mean, it's it's because the, the deals, of course, the deals sometimes, it, you know, it's hard to find a, a good deal. I mean, you know, you have to differentiate from other people who are trying to get the same deal. But I mean, there's a lot of good deals around. And sometimes I think what it comes down, it's basically to, to relationship because, you know, like people are looking, uh, looking to acquire those deals, especially if they're looking to raise capital for those deals. I mean, how important is a relationship with the people that you're going to, because, you know, they, they can go and get, you know, this, the same deal with the same return, you know, from other, from other investors. So I think, you know, the relationship would be the important thing. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And that's something too that, you know, I've had, I've yeah. had multiple brokers recently that have brought me off market deals um, where either they want to partner with me or they want to, um, they want to learn about multifamily acquisition. So they know that I'm willing to teach them and include them in the process. And so they're bringing me deals that literally are nobody else knows about because, you know, I'm willing to include them. I'm willing to teach them. And they see that as a huge value because they're like you and I, they want to do multifamily acquisitions. So, yeah. so that's a huge opportunity as well. If you have the opportunity to teach somebody and help somebody, then they will end up bringing you more deals. And it's because of that relationship that you have with them um, yep. that really helps make that happen. And the yep. other thing I would, yep. the other thing I would add is um, I, I would say putting it out there, um, putting it out there, you know, constantly of what you're looking for, why you're looking for, what are your goals um, and, and be constantly in communication with your brokers and with your potential landowners or, um, you know, multifamily owners, because they're the ones that are, that hold a lot of the power. Um, you know, you don't have investors without a deal. So you always have to look at it. Well, you know, once I have a deal, then everything else, as long as it's a good deal, everything else will fall in place or I'll find the partners who will help me make this happen. But you're right. I think the biggest thing is having good relationships and good communication. Yeah. Adding value to those people, basically educating. Cause the probably a lot of people coming, coming towards you. Like they're not familiar with the real estate space, like what's going on in multifamily or development, but they're looking to get involved maybe from the passive side of the, you know, in the deal. And like what you do with their monumental, I mean, you just educating, you know, a lot of people, like guys go and check it out, you know, the podcast, like it's super great. Like all these people that you have in there that you interview, man, these are high rollers. I mean, talking, you know, having like years of experience, you know, like in, in whatever the development, the multifamily space. So, you know, and you add, add value, you know, to people from that side, doing interviews, you know, and, and like what you do right now. So I really appreciate that, you know, and, and it's super good. So can we talk about the, the one thing when it comes to, you know, underwriting deals as well. Is there a specific thing, let's say, if you're looking to acquire a property, let's say multifamily, right? What specific things you look for when you tour the property? When I tour the property? Well, I think the biggest thing is on the front end, making sure that, you know, 
at least there is some potential to add value um, to yeah. any property. Uh, there's some potential to raise the rents, to add value through renovations or different management. Um, and then when I'm walking the property, I think it's just looking for, um, I'm looking for good bones for the property, um, you know, making sure that's built well. Um, there's no, I mean, the biggest things are looking for things that are going to cost you the most, are going to have the most potential downside. Yeah. You know, water damage, uh, roof, roof leaking, roof damage, um, and anything with the ground. Like those are, those are honestly the two biggest things that are potential unknowns that could cause problems. You know, shifting soil, if you're seeing cracks in, in the foundation or cracks in the building, you know, that's a kind of a big red flag. Yeah. Um, and, and anything as far as water damage, because water will find its way into anywhere if you don't protect your buildings. Um, so I think those are the two biggest things. Um, and just also, again, including people on your team who know a lot more about buildings than you do. Um, cause I'm definitely no expert in construction. You know, I've, we do development, we do hundreds of units of development and we do uh, renovations of many buildings. And, and I still, you know, I'm only scratching the surface of what I know. It's, it's because I'm surrounding myself with people that do know more than me. Um, and then also still asking a lot of questions when I'm around those people and, and trying to soak up as much as I can from them but still knowing that, you know, and a lot of, a lot of times they're the ones that, that know a lot more than me. Yeah. Oh, exactly. The, you, you know, like, cause you're, you're not ignorant. I mean, you, you know that you don't know, you know, exactly. like there's a lot of people walking around like, yeah, I know. Like I met so many people and I don't know. I, I know you guys are watching. I know you're watching. Cause these guys <laughs> were like, Oh, like I'm a big like shot. I have like 20, properties around and like man like you know it's like you don't know like these there, there are people around that have billions like you know in in real estate so i mean there you know so you know that you need to know more and and because you have a big enough goal i mean you i don't know what you what your goal are i want to i want to touch that subject too you know what yeah. your goals are you going ahead but you found you know young enough that real estate is is what you want to do and I, I'm still trying to find out what the reasons are for that. Like, well, you know, what's, what's, the, what's the why behind the why? And maybe we're going to find that. So, you know, but definitely <laughs> having a team which is going to help you, you know, to, to grow. So, so we will go to these levels, you know, and, and super, super important. So can we talk about having a team? Uh, somebody who's looking to, to start acquiring a deals or doing some developments, like how do you structure a team and how it should look like? And please don't give me, you know, like, oh, I need to, like, can you go a little bit specific into, into finding, finding those people, you know, because people talk like, okay, attorneys, uh, there's a broker, there's that, there's that, like, but how do you find these yeah. people and how do you put them together? Yeah, yeah, all, all great questions. Um, I would say as far as finding a team, honestly, the biggest thing has been, has been related to um, me just putting myself out there, relating to people, connecting to people, getting coffee with people, um, getting lunch with people, just literally networking like crazy um, and, and adding value to other people. And in the process saying, hey, I need an attorney. Who do you recommend? Hey, I need a, a, a potential civil engineer. Who do you recommend? Hey, I need an appraiser. Who do you recommend? Like those yeah. are all questions that are easy, easy asks. Um, Once you build a connection. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, it's a lot harder if you're just cold calling people. Yeah, it's it's a hundred times easier 
infinitely easier if you're already already building your network and then the byproduct is the relationships that you want to to get out of it to build your team so i think that's the mindset you need to have is like not not just trying to to take 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 and and you know say hey i need i need this i need this i need this it's like well let's let's get to know each other first like yeah. let's let's figure out you know how we can help each other and that's the thing is like i get people requesting like coffees and lunches all the time and and i do the same of other people um and i and i gladly go because i don't know what or how or why um what to expect yeah yeah what's going to what's going to transpire from that meeting but it's literally it's like it's literally crazy what happens from these meetings like the connections you'll make the mutual connections you already have yeah uh, you know, you'll, you'll click on a whole nother level and you'll be like, Oh damn, I could really partner with this guy on, on many deals. Or this guy has all these relationships over here that I've been wanting to get access to. And now he's literally has direct, you know, um, you know, direct relationship to all those people. And that, that tends to happen a lot more, the more that you're getting yourself out there, getting yourself outside of your comfort zone and yeah. meeting people and, and not directly looking for something right away. It's getting to know people and then seeing how you can both help each other. Okay. Makes sense. Definitely. I agree with you on that one, you know, because when you add value to the people first, because there's a lot of people going around with like, you know, just asking people all like, can you give me this? Can you give me that? But you know, what Evan is saying is so true, like adding value to the people. And then, you know, like these people like, like, make them feel like they own you something, you know, like give so much value. Like these people will be like, Oh my God, like I need to give this man something. I mean, you know, yeah, so definitely. And networking, like, you know, you probably, cause I still see like on social media guys, if, if you don't follow Evan, please go and check it out. Instagram and, and Facebook pages. You're going to see this guy's all over the place. I mean, I don't know how many States you travel so far <laughs> I mean, this year, but you go in places, man, and you're meeting some super great people. And you know, you're just expanding on a different level. So I think this is, this is why it's good, you know, that you're sharing all that, all that experience because you're so young and, and you have so much passion, you know, in, in, in real estate. And it just shows, you know, from your face, from your action, which is a, a super great thing. I mean, there's not a lot of people who are doing what you do, you know, and you have all these results. So it's super, super awesome, super inspiring. I, yeah, I appreciate that, man. And honestly, I'm, I'm really glad that we're connecting too. And, and also, that's literally a byproduct of Instagram exactly right exactly. like you and I connecting making that relationship same with you i mean you're doing an amazing job of putting yourself out there um you know getting your message out and also just connecting with people and dming people i mean that's that's the name of the game on instagram too it's it's instagram is like a a, a virtual world of what we were just talking about about networking yeah, exactly. it's the same thing it's just on your phone Exactly. So guys, don't go to Instagram just for scrolling and liking some people's photos. I mean, you know, it's definitely a, a big value in the net, you know, in this uh, platform there and, but, you know, squeeze as much as you can from there and, you know, yeah. definitely build the connections, you know, follow people, show them, you know, like put, put your attention, you know, on them, show them that basically you love what, what they do, you know, and just, just build, build connection from there. So can we talk about a few things here? Uh, first of all, I seen that you read a lot, a lot of books, which I, which I like, you know, I'm a big fan of, of you know, reading, but at the same time, yeah. like there's a lot of things that have to be applied from the books because theory on its own, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's nothing. So can you talk about the, you know, 
the best like books that you read and where you're where, where are you getting your business advice from like you know personally from what people yeah i mean that's a that's all again great questions you're killing it on these questions man thanks bro <laughs> um yeah i would say as far as as books that i'm leaning on for for business advice or, or just advice in general i mean i i honestly i honestly believe that every single book i read changes my life like changes the way i look at things changes my perspective and that's the whole point of reading really i mean that's why we read is because we want to get gain a new perspective um so i i legitimately think that every book i read adds tremendous value to what i'm doing and like right now i'm reading principles i have it right here you know I've, and i try to put in like you know 30 to 40 minutes every morning of reading yep. this book because I'm literally gaining so much of that book over the last week that it's literally just blowing my mind. And it's like, man, how have I ever thought about anything the right way or, or perceived things before I ever read this book? Um, you know, same thing recently. I read uh, Michael Blanc's, Blanc's book. I have it right here. Financial yeah. Freedom with Real Estate Investing. Another great book. Like, and he just outlines the keys to going through each step of, of multifamily acquisition, investing and syndication. And there's just so many books like that, that, you know, you constantly, if you're putting yourself out there to, to soak up education, it's going to, it's going to come back tenfold. I mean, I'm literally addicted to reading now. Like i I wake up, I'm like, all right, what book am I going to read this morning? Like, I just love it. Cause there's so much to be gained from it. Um, and I think people don't give it enough value because yeah. maybe they don't see a direct immediate return or, or they don't necessarily think that they're like, Oh, well, I have to be doing, 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 but really it's taking that time to invest in yourself and invest in your own, like your mind capital. Um, yeah. I think Love that's it. what pays humongous dividends over anything else. And that's not just sure. not me saying it. That's, you know. Any, any successful man, I mean, Warren Buffett, Ray Dalio, like all these guys, they all read like Look, like Bill Gates, Bill Gates, he, he goes on a, like reading vacations. I mean, the guy's yeah. worth, like the guy has so much money, like he don't need all that money. Like what, what, what's the net worth? Like close to 83 billion or something, like yeah. crazy amount of money. The guy is still like reading, still looking to improve himself. And I mean, yeah. Warren Buffett like reads, I don't know what he said, like 500 pages a day probably. He said now reads less than that. But I mean, a day, like reading yeah. the newspapers, you know, the, 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 you know, the companies, like it's crazy, you know. And, and, and when people go to the library or, or, you know, to the bookstore, they see the book and it's like, you know, $7 or, or 10 bucks. And it's like, oh my God, like, you know, I don't have, like, they're not willing yeah. to spend. I mean, and the guy wrote the book probably spent his entire life failing you know mistakes learning some wins along the way and you know boom there's the result and he put all that information in one book that you can buy for seven bucks and you say oh, yeah you know, it's too much i mean you know it's yeah so yeah just get, get your mind together guys you know so besides that like where you're getting your your business advice you know like you you know do you have like mentors or are you like watching somebody on social media like who, who those people are and what would be for people who are looking to involve in this yeah. yeah and honestly what the that goes back to like our very first thing we were talking about is is how are you finding people or how are you going about getting into real estate it's same thing of like finding mentors, right? Like that's, that's what I think above all else um, is going to propel you 
so, so much further is your relationships and who you're learning from along the way. Because, um, because the, the people that I've been able, been fortunate enough to, to be able to work with and learn from are literally, you know, miles ahead of me. And it's because of like maybe the podcast or connecting through Instagram or, you know, even in person, just getting coffee or eventually working with people. Um, I think that's, that's so important. So the people that I, I look up to the people that I admire, um, you know, I, I have my like board of directors, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, like for example, um, Barry Sternlicht, the guy that did Starwood properties, um, Grant Cardone, uh, you know, Tim Ferriss, Lewis Howes, um, Richard Branson. Like these are all people that I look up to and I, I, I literally have like a paragraph or two written on each one of them and why I look up to them. Um, you know, I look up to, and I learn from my coach. I have a coach, uh, Trevor McGregor. He's amazing. He literally like blows my mind every time we talk of just helping me reach inside and find new parts of my mind that I didn't even realize and tap into and break through limiting beliefs. Um, it, it just goes on and on. And, and, you know, I have, I have mentors here in Nashville. Um, I have mentors on Instagram. I have mentors in, in every aspect of my life too. It's like, even with health and fitness, I have people that I look up to and people that I ask for advice and people that, you know, I follow their routines. So it's just, it, it's like each aspect of your life I think is so important. I mean, even like, for example, Instagram, um, I didn't take Instagram seriously until about February of last year. It was a 10 X growth conference and all the speakers were talking about it. And I'm like, Oh, like, dang, I need to, I need to get on my Instagram game. You're I, missing, had, yeah. I, had, I had 700 followers at the time and I literally just did it for fun and scrolled and liked, you know, the typical use of Instagram. Yeah. And I literally overnight just started being like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to follow people that I like. I'm going to start commenting on their stuff. I'm going to like that. I'm going to DM people I look up to. Um, it was, it also coincided with the start of my podcast. So I used the podcast to help push out through Instagram and, and also used my podcast to get, uh, connections with top level people. But all of that, honestly, too, another, like a mentor that I have for Instagram is a kid that's 18 years old and because he's crushing it on Instagram, his name's Casey Adams. I know. Yeah. And and he started his build your empire, you know, it's literally become an empire itself. And he literally, he talks about, he's like, all I do, he's like, I spend hours a day just DMing people on Instagram and, and, and also commenting on things and liking things and, and posting things and creating, 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 you know, instead of worrying about like, Oh, you know, who am I following or, or, um, or going through instead of consuming things, yeah. he's actually going out and creating value or creating connections. So I think that's the mindset anybody should have um, yeah. really in life. But even with social media is like, you need to be creating instead of consuming. And because of that, within a matter of a year and a half, he's grown to hundreds of thousands of followers yeah. and is connected with some of the biggest names in the the self-help space and, and really just business and general entrepreneurs in general. Like, and he's only 18 years old. Like that blows my mind. So I'm like, I need a mentor like that. You know, he's 10 years younger than me, but I'm still learning from him every day because he knows Instagram way better than I do. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's he's crushing it, man. Like he's all over the place, and that's yeah. and, and exactly. Some people like how did like how did you came across you know like at this position right now in life when all these people know him. But again, that's that's what Jesus said. You know, like one hour a day, just you know DMing people. I mean, some people are not willing, you know, to do that. And and he's he's not like everybody else. So that's why he is at a level that nobody else is. So that's that's the secret. Talking about your monumental, you know, podcast before I jump into another question, I just want to ask you, what would be the person that you would be looking to interview? I mean, if there will be no limits, like who that person would be? That is a very good question. Um I think it would either have to be, it would either be Barack Obama or Warren Buffett. I think one of those two, I, I just, I look up to both of them and I really admire what they've both have accomplished and created in the world. Um, Journey. Yeah. And yeah. And, and, and I think it's just amazing. And, and also both of them are, are pretty hard to reach. So I would love to have the opportunity to be able to, reach them and also share their story um with others yeah oh my god that that will be a i don't know what one of the best probably one of the most viewed uh you know podcast interviews yeah. ever probably because <laughs> everybody will be like evan 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 and barack obama like I, what's going on here <laughs> definitely no man like you're definitely going going like to these leagues and I, I don't think why i don't think like that i mean you probably you should think like these probably these people are easy to reach and i mean it's possible to do that because somebody is doing interview with them i mean the cnn you know like all these like exactly but they, they they're not bringing any value they're just trying to to tease them and you know look look what to pick on you know like but you're looking to add value to those people because you know like Barack Obama or, or Warren Buffett, both of those people are super, like one of the kind. And, and the journey that they had, I mean, coming from nothing and having this, even like the money or, or the, you know, influence is just unbelievable. So yeah. can we can we just uh, talk about one thing? Because you said you, you, you follow Grant Cardone as well for advice. I, by the way, I've seen you did an interview with, <laughs> with Elena Cardone that was that was super impressive, man. Yeah, yeah, that so, was a blast. Yeah, so can you can you just talk about sales, you know, and how important is sales game in real estate? Uh, I think sales is everything. Sales and marketing is literally everything. Um, and I say that because I think I think the two are, are combined at the hip um, because I think the way you you create trust you add value, you um, get people to like you and buy into your brand and buy into your business and buy into whatever product you're selling or service you're selling. Um, I think those go hand in hand, marketing and sales. And I think honestly, sales is just about getting somebody convinced that what you're doing, the service you're providing or the product you're selling is worth infinitely more than the, the dollar in their pocket. And I think that that is so much easier when you're creating a brand and giving value like a podcast. That's part of the reason I created the podcast is because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to add as much value as I can for free, literally giving away value to so many people. And, you know, we've been doing it for a year and a half now and, and already seeing returns of people saying like, Hey, you know, love this, love that, you know, 
absolutely obsessed with your podcast. And, and because of that, you know, it's creating a loyal following where, you know, if I, if I wanted to, I, I don't have it yet, but if, if at some point I want to say, Hey, you know, I want to create a book or I want to create a, a, some product that can help you reach your goals, then I'll already have people lined up to buy that. Yeah. Um, because I've already added so much value to them. And I think that's, that's part of any project that you do. If you can add tremendous value for free, then you will create like this thought leadership platform and mm-hmm. literally sales can start doing themselves and, and people will be coming to you and it just turns the sales funnel on its head and yeah. says, okay, now we have people coming into us instead of us having to go out and cold call. Or yeah, find pu- pushing support. yourself in the marketplace. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I, I think that is, I think they're both hand in hand. They're tied at the hip and they're so important to, to any business and to really thriving in business. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely agree with you. Like, cause you, you're looking, I like the, the approach that you're taking, you know, and, and, you know, I have this book here, by the way, this man is super great. You had him, you had him on a, on an interview as well. Can I really, can I reveal the book? Yeah. <laughs> Joe Ferris, nice. man, he's super great. And exactly, that's what he's talking. He's talking about building, you know, a, a platform, basically, you know, where, where people can come in and, you know, get free content, basically, and they can learn. And th- that's the way to build a connection, to build the trust, you know, and you're taking that path, which is, you know, you're not trying to sell anything, basically. You're just providing free content, basically, a value that people can take, and they can go and they can apply and get the results, you know? Yep. So this is a super great approach and I think everybody should do that, you know? So it's, it's I, funny you said uh, Joe Fairless because he actually is one of the people that I, you know, he mentioned on his podcast saying, you know, about the, about him started, the reason he started his podcast was to add value, create a thought leadership platform uh, and also look at it as a way for fundraising for real estate projects. That's exactly what I want to do. I want to add value. I want to create a culture, create a, a a group of like-minded people and then also create potential investors for all the deals we're working on. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And you're already doing that. I mean, you guys go and check it out. The monumental, you're gonna, you're gonna get, you know, obsessed with that. Cause you know, the, the information that you're providing there is, is just out of the roof, man. It's, it's crazy. I love it. So can we talk about uh, goals, you know, and getting like five, 10 years ahead? Like what's the big goals, big projections for yourself, you know, personally and as a company? Yeah, that's, that's honestly a, that's a big question. So the, what I would say is personally, um, I have a a lot of goals, but um, I would say the, the overarching goal is really just live my life on purpose and become the self-actualized person that I seek to become. And, and that comes from uh, reading Wayne Dyer, and Dr. Wayne Dyer, he's amazing. Highly recommend all of yeah. all of his books. Um, and he's just talked about, you know, the the journey of becoming self-actualized is becoming really becoming the person that you always seek to become or the person that you see yourself as being the ideal version of you. And so I think that is a combination of just, you know, impacting. I want to impact billions of people. Um, and I want to make I want to make a lot of money in order to be able to turn around and put it towards causes that I really believe in. Um, and, and then thus furthering impacting more people. Um, and then also on the business side, I mean, 
my goal is um, part of that is impacting billions of people. And then through that, creating a hundred thousand workforce affordable or mixed income uh, community or a hundred thousand units of workforce affordable housing um, or creating that long-term uh, use for a hundred thousand units. So that's, that's more or less my goals is, and, and there's more to it than that, but really just making a big, big impact on so many people um, and making sure that I can help other people on their journey to becoming who they want to be and, and living their best life. Man, that, that sounds such a, I mean, it sounds, it sounds super big, first of all. So c congratulations of, of, you know, being in, in this place in life when you surround yourself for those people that encourage you to think big enough, which, which actually, that's what you said. You, you, you think, you know, because now I'm just, you know, thinking about the, the dream board that I have right there. And I'm like thinking, man, like I need to throw this thing out, like, and start putting new pieces on. Because <laughs> like, you, you know, because of the, the way you just said it, you know, like definitely because, you know, you definitely, because people say, you know, if you're going to shoot for the stars, if you're not going to reach around the moon, I mean, that's a thing which what people should, should start think like. If, if, they, if they're going to pick up a book of, uh, you know, Bill Gates or, you know, uh, Warren Buffett or all these great people that you mentioned, you know, Wayne Dwyer, and, you know, they will start think like that, you know. And I think it's super important because, you know, the, the one thing that like Grant Cardone ta talks about, you know, he talks about money, of course, and a lot of people don't like him because of that, you know. But he talks about one specific thing, which is, which is potential like reaching your capabilities like seeing like what you're capable of and just reaching for that potential you know which is like the the all these things that you mentioned are just going to follow like the money that 100,000 units all of that is going to follow because you know like everything that you need is right here so if you just expand that everything else in life expands you know so that's that's the way it works yeah you're exactly right man i i could not agree more yeah. Okay. So man, it's it just super grateful to talk with you, you know, like the time that you're spending here, you know, added so much value to the people and guys definitely go and follow it, uh, even on all the channels. So can you just tell people what channels are, are you available on? Yeah. Yeah. So like you said, like we talked about biggest, best way to reach me is on Instagram uh, at Evan holiday or my website, evanholiday.com podcast monumental podcast and then also if they want to they can send me an email evan at evanholiday.com perfect i mean guys definitely instagram works i mean that that's how we're doing this yeah. interview like i mean it, it works so go and check him out on all the channels definitely follow the amazing stuff that he does like all these interviews and i, I think you have a, a lot of crazy you know super exciting interviews coming up i'm, I'm sure about that so this guy is just playing in, in different oh, yeah. league. I mean, he's, he's, you know, I'm going to give you a hint. He's in 20s. So this guy is just, you know, like crazy, crazy with what he does. And, you know, it's, it's super exciting to watch your journey, to follow you. And, you know, like everybody's, is, you know, big players around you. So definitely, like, people should pay attention to what you do, you know, and get close to you, you know, because you have to get close to, to great people because that will start to rub off on you as well, you know, so. I completely agree. And I, and I really, really appreciate that, Martinez. That's, it means a lot. Nah, no worries, man. It's a pleasure. So, again, it's been a, a money show today with Evan, Evan Holiday. Holiday. Sorry, yep. man. I just need to. 
Evan Holiday and Martina. So I really appreciate the show. If you enjoyed the show, go press like and subscribe to the channel. Share if, if you can as well. And go follow Evan and all these uh, beautiful platforms, Monumental, Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, everything, man. Everything is yeah. scroll a little bit down and you're going to find everything. So really appreciate the time and effort, Evan. And I'll uh, see you hopefully, you know, sometime in a real, you know, face-to-face and we can talk maybe some real estate and some deals. I would love that too. Yeah, I love it. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time. I'll see you in the next episode, guys. Take care.